Time for our weekly wine chat with Jack Farrell. Good morning, Jack. Steve, good morning. How are you holding up? Oh, great. It, it's a little chilly this morning. Yes. Hello. Hello. Yeah, good morning, Jack. Yeah, I lost you there for a moment, I think. Hello? Yeah, chilly morning for sure. Okay. Today I thought we'd talk maybe a little bit about something to do uh, in these difficult times. You know, wine can do a lot of things. It can enhance a meal. It can make a meeting a little better. It can help your mood. And in days of social isolation, it can be a... A a real joy. And what I'm going to suggest is during this time, why not try and learn a little bit about wine? Wine, A little bit of wine knowledge is very helpful. And today, if you have time at home with the Internet and mass media, etc., you can learn all sorts of things about wine by yourself. And what does it do? Well, wine knowledge enhances social experience for you. Wine is, by its nature, a beverage that's kind of enjoyed in the company of the others. And a little bit of wine knowledge goes a long, long way into opening doors to new styles, new flavors. It's really an adventure that's almost inexhaustible. Uh, You know, I remember a woman wrote a book once called Hand Me That Corkscrew, and she claimed that the corkscrew is your passport to enjoying wines of the world. If you know a little bit about wine, you become a little more confident when you're buying wine. No one likes to go to a wine shop and feel overwhelmed and bought wine based on somebody else's ratings, funny notes, and the label. You like the label because it had birds on it or something like that. But once you know a little bit, you'll confidently find wines that you like and leave much more satisfied. Now, of course, Improving and tasting wine doesn't have to be a very difficult thing to do. It actually is pretty simple. Um, When you want to learn about wine, you're going to improve your sense of smell and your sense of taste just because you're going to use them more. And that's a lot of people realize that when they're learning about wine, that all of a sudden when you're eating, say, a, a sweet roll, you can say, well, that's a pecan in there instead of a walnut. And you learn that because when you're doing this with wine, you're really training your whole taste system, if you will. Now, when you look for wines, there's five things we look for. First is color. The second is the nose. The third is the aroma, or, or you could say bouquet and aroma, those two. The uh, third, fourth is taste, and lastly, the fifth is aftertaste. So when first, when the color, if the wine is clear and not cloudy, etc., the color is fine. The first is the aroma, and the aroma, does it smell like wine? And if that's okay, then that part is on. The next thing is the bouquet. If it's a Riesling, does it smell like a Riesling? If it's a Gewürztraminer, does it smell like a Gewürztraminer? If it's a Chardonnay, is it like a Chardonnay? And then the fourth thing is tasting it. How does it taste? And the last thing is the aftertaste. Now that you've swallowed the wine, how's the taste in your mouth? And those five things, no matter what system you use, whether you use a 10-point system, a 100-point system, 20-point system, Those are the five things, and you allocate uh, different points to that. As you can see from that, two of them have to do with your sense of smell. 
That's the aroma and the bouquet. And they're very important because the nose can distinguish over 60,000 different aromas, while your taste only does four, sweet, sour, bitter, and I forget what the salt is the other one. That's why a lot of people, when they get older, everything tastes salty to them. They've lost some of their taste buds uh, growing old. And so those are the things, five things you look for in wine. So it isn't really complicated at all. Another thing when you're learning about wine, to me, is fascinating, is to get an atlas on wine. Hugh Johnson publishes an atlas that's a, a book of maps on wine. And so much of wine's terminology comes from the location where it's grown. For example, uh, Chianti comes from the Chianti region in Italy. Burgundy is a big area in France. Cote de Nuit is a small part of that big area of Burgundy in France. Bordeaux is a region. Napa Valley is a region. Willamette Valley in Oregon is a region. So the book on maps is very, very helpful. And like I say, you don't even have to buy the book. You can go online and look at it, etc. Another thing is very helpful are the periodicals about wine. Uh, there's so many of them. There's a, what, a big national one, which is quite good, is called the Wine Spectator. It comes out monthly, and it's all the latest happenings. And what's interesting there is they taste about 30 or 50 wines every month, and then they put their tasting notes in. And it would be fun to get a bottle of the same wine and look at your tasting notes as to how they compare. So when we're doing this about wine, and we've had these five things that are are the the gauges, if you will, uh, to looking into wine, then why not uh, try the wines? And do those five things, color, aroma, bouquet, taste, and aftertaste. And see if it isn't easier for you when you're tasting these wines to, to become more comfortable with them. And uh, believe me, this, as I said a few moments ago, this isn't going to be limited just to wine. You're going to be able to taste something and say, my, you put a little oregano in there. It'll enhance your overall ability to taste and smell anything. Then, of course, lastly, is the personal satisfaction. Uh, The wine world is an immense one, and I see this learning about wine as an opportunity rather than an obstacle. Everybody has a favorite a TV show, a favorite TV chef, a favorite. You can have a favorite wine, too. And there are celebrity winemakers, uh, and I'm not a big fan of that because, you know, just because you like their acting ability doesn't mean you're going to like what they do with uh, the wine they make. But usually if they're endorsing it, it's not too bad. Now, there's some food and wine pairings you can do at home that are really very easy. Any sparkling wine, try it with potato chips or Palm Street French fries. It's just an amazing marriage of food and wine. With barbecue, any Malbec from Argentina is, would be great, or any uh, Central Coast Zinfandel. Though both of those wines seem to pair so beautifully with that sweet, hot sweetness you get in most barbecue sauce. It's really an incredible marriage. Almost anything you put barbecue sauce on, Try a Malbec with it. You'll be amazed. Lamb and Bordeaux. Of course, Bordeaux raises some of the best lamb in France. 
and it's uh, grazed on salt flats uh, right around the city of Bordeaux. And with a bottle of Bordeaux, uh, a lamb shank or a lamb uh, steak or a leg of lamb is going to be just a wonderful dish. With Asian cuisine, try any German Riesling or a Riesling from this country, for that matter, too. Uh, they just seem to be a marriage made in heaven. That Asian cuisine, you know, has had hot, spicy flavor, and Riesling goes perfectly with it. A lot of people go on and on about New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc with Asian food, and that isn't too bad either. With fried chicken, my favorite to go to wine is a little Rhone from the Rhone Valley. They're fruity, they're delicious, and they pair so nicely with that crisp fried chicken. And of course, a marriage made in heaven, another one, is salmon grilled and served with Pinot Noir from Oregon. It just enhances that salmon so beautifully. That wonderful Pinot flavor is just terrific. So, and say you're going to just have a cocktail wine, that's nice all by itself. Then there are food wines, which are some of the ones I've rattled off here, that pair so well with those kind of foods. And the foods are pretty simple. They're not too complicated, the ones I picked. Uh, cocktail wines, for example, a, a Pinot Grigio, I think is a perfect cocktail wine. It's uh, bland. It's not too assertive, etc. It just goes very nicely in the background, and that's what you want with cocktail wines in the background. Of course, any sparkling wine for a cocktail wine would be great, and that includes uh, Sex from Germany, Proseccos from Italy, Cavas from Spain, and of course, sparkling wine from anywhere in the world. goes just absolutely terrific as cocktail wines. While you're at home, another thing you might do to learn something on these different wine pairings that we've been talking about, is try pairing. For example, take a Pinot Noir from Oregon, from, say, the Willamette Valley, and compare it to a, a Cote de Bone uh, Pinot Noir from France. You know, we've talked about this before, but I remind people all the time. When we talk about Burgundy, all the red wine from Burgundy is Pinot Noir. All the white wine from Burgundy is Chardonnay. There's a few exceptions to that. But generally, uh, you're about 98% positive. If you have a red wine from Burgundy, it's Pinot Noir. If you have a white one, it's Chardonnay. So comparing a Pinot Noir to an Oregon uh, Pinot Noir, I mean, a French Pinot Noir to an Oregon Pinot Noir, is a wonderful exercise. They aren't supposed to taste exactly alike. And you can see the vast differences in wine when you do these kind of comparison tastes. Just because you like Cabernet, you might not like the Cabernet that comes from Chile. But that's a good comparison, too. Take a California inexpensive. And when you compare these, try to compare apples to apples. In other words, if you're comparing a Pinot Noir from Oregon that costs 25 or $30, do the same thing with the French one. Because if you're comparing, and you're comparing, say, a $25 bottle of wine with a $6 bottle of wine, uh, that's a tough comparison. That's a big span to, to gap. And, of course, Chardonnay, as I said, French Burgundy is all Chardonnay. And compare that with a Napa Chardonnay. You know, it was an interesting story many years ago uh, when they were trying to get all the California wines to taste like French wines. What they didn't realize is the oak barrels were aged in open air in France, and here they were aged in a kiln, a fired furnace. 
And the difference there was just incredible. Once we start air drying our oak in this country and making American oak barrel, uh, the sweetness was kind of gone from those oak barrels. And it made much, much better wine. And, of course, they began to import a lot of barrels from France. So that, that brought American Chardonnays up in style tremendously. It had nothing to do with the grape itself. It was how it was made in those charred oak barrels. A Zinfandel from the Central Valley, and compare that to a Primitivo from Italy. Primitivo is the ancestor of Zinfandel. And you'll see the likeness and yet the complete differences. Uh, another one, we talked about yeah. Pinot Grigio being a great cocktail wine, and it is. Try a Pinot Grigio from Italy and then get a Pinot Gris from Oregon. Well, I think you get the idea. While we're home in these tired times and people don't have a lot to do, you can certainly improve uh, your mind, and certainly your palate as well, by learning a little bit about wine. And I hope by trying some of these things that you might actually become a better wine taster and you might enjoy your food a lot more, too. That's another well, benefit. And Jack, yeah, and you can find all these wines at Haskell's. Indeed. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to pair wine. We want to thank all our customers. They're so loyal. Please be patient. You know, Haskell's has been a delivery of wine and spirits and beer to the Twin Cities for uh, generations. And we're still doing that. We're a little slow right now because of the overwhelming demand. But believe me, be patient. Your orders will be delivered, and they'll be delivered in time. And, of course, you can always pick up at the stores, out curbside pickup, or come in to, and we observe all of the proper cleanliness, etc., that's necessary for these hard times. But make wine at home a little more pleasant, and it'll make your time at home a little more pleasant. Let's all stay safe and try and hang in there. Thanks, Jack. Steve, nice to talk to you. I look forward to talking to you next week. There he is, Jack Farrell from Haskell's in our weekly wine chat. Here on News Talk, 830-WCCO.